0: And so we look in this series today, worshiping God with our senses, we look at sight. Uh, You'll have seen in the Bible reading earlier that Isaiah six is really dramatic and it touches pretty much every sense, uh, particularly the sense of sight. The year that King Uzziah died, in that year I saw the Lord, he says. Um, It's interesting. You know that in the past 12 months, we've hailed and we've acknowledged people who might previously we have not seen. NHS doctors and nurses, of course. Uh, And then also all hospital cleaning staff, all bus and train drivers, charity workers, supermarket staff, delivery drivers, and others who put themselves at risk to make sure our needs were met. Suddenly, we were clapping for them and publicly acknowledging the importance of their work to our daily lives. Nobody had ever really clapped for them before. Yet in this past year, we have seen with different eyes. What does it truly mean to have a vision? Well, you might say, it's, <laughs> it's never happened to me. Daniel is interesting. And this is very, very helpful scripture. When Daniel received his vision of a man by the Tigris River, he said this. He said, I alone saw the vision. The people who were with me did not see the vision. You can see that in Daniel 10. And what is more, he referred to the other visions that he received as revelations that, quote, passed through my mind. And that implies that they were subjective experiences from Daniel chapter seven. Pass through my mind. It's very, very helpful for us when we feel in these days that we are not given to vision. You know, Daniel was probably a man just like me. Who knows, just like us, a human being. Yet he was able to talk about subjective vision And maybe we, more of us have those visions today than we care to admit, than we care to actually speak out about, which might be a word from the Lord that he gives to us that we do not actually speak out publicly. And maybe we should be more confident in doing that. In Isaiah chapter six, we don't know how, but the prophet Isaiah uh, experiences a spiritual vision of heaven that others do not see. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, he says. He sees the king who is so high and lifted up that his presence fills not just the temple area, not just all of Jerusalem and Judea, but the expanse of the world and the cosmos in which our earth is placed. He saw what others couldn't see. Likewise, the prophet Samuel visualized what others could not see because he saw David, that invisible young shepherd boy working out in the field, shepherding the sheep. Here, Samuel saw that he was the chosen one who would eventually become Israel's greatest king. Now, I want to say something important about this. While others saw only a shepherd boy, if they saw him at all, God, through Samuel, saw one who was radically flawed or who would be radically flawed, but one who was also radically gifted. Now, that can be said of us all. You know, never close yourself to a vision from God because you feel you're too sinful. We all have faults, but we also all have gifts that can be used for the building of God's kingdom. God sees us like like we are, like this, flawed and gifted isaiah knew who he was and in the year king uzziah died he saw the lord high and lifted up over all the earth and he heard cries of worship which you see reiterated in the book of revelation holy 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 is the lord god almighty the whole earth is full of his glory so the closer we are to god in our walk as sinful as we may feel the more we see the god and the more we see ourselves And so worship becomes the inevitable consequence of this individual, authentic, spiritual vision. The incredible vision of Isaiah has accomplished something monumental in his own heart. Isaiah was human and flawed. He said it himself. What he saw shone a light on his own sinful heart. In verse five, he cries out, "'Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips.'" flawed and gifted. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. But we also know that what he saw was God's great redemption. We know this because the word says that he witnessed a seraph that touched his lips with a live coal, signifying, as verse 7 tells us, and I quote, that his guilt was taken away and his sin atoned for the seraph, a divine kind of messenger that gave him a word for the moment. We should understand that when we see with the eyes of the Spirit, we may still go through the valley of self-examination like Isaiah, but we will always end on the mountaintop of God's forgiveness and bright hope for tomorrow. The mind-blowing visions seen by Saint John in the book of Revelation always end by giving us a glimpse of the holy, majestic and eternal God. When we see real truth, our hearts are opened wider and all we can do is worship. It's an inevitable consequence. You know, I I hope I, I never stop learning. I love it when I'm trying to grasp something new and suddenly I get one of those light bulb moments either through the help of an expert maybe or through my own research and discovery and I say ah now I see I see it in my mind I see it in my heart not always in front of me like that but I see it and I go on to use that experience to discover more I see more deeply You know, Ali spoke last week about the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. And we know that Jesus eats a meal with the two men he'd met on the Emmaus road. And it was when he broke bread that they said, ah, now I see. Their eyes and their hearts recognized him. And all they could do was run and tell the other disciples what they'd seen. They saw Jesus when they recognized the breaking of his body before them. And the result, joy, hopefulness for the future. The Lord is risen indeed. They recognized him when he broke the bread. They recognized the breaking of his body. Now you might say to me today, yeah, I've not received visions like this, or like Isaiah or like any of these other great people we've mentioned. And I simply say to you, okay, look at the broken body of Christ. That will surely elicit worship in your heart, won't it? At the cross, our eyes should be opened wide. Our hearts break open and we adopt a willingness to see further, inwardly and outwardly. And so worship happens. If you look at the beauty of the world, you'll see great hope for the future and your worship. And you can do that every single day of life. If you look at the person who is homeless and often invisible to us, but actually see them, you might just see Jesus. Scripture tells us that. If you look at that National Health Service doctor or nurse, you might see Jesus, the healer. If you look at somebody you love or somebody you admire, you might in them see the beauty of the presence of God and you'll want to say thank God for that person. Thank God for every good thing. Now, others may not see that the same as you because your relationship with these people, with these situations is different. Your story is different. You are unique, you are flawed and you are gifted. We all are. So others may not see it, but because of Christ's sacrifice, that broken body, resurrected by the Holy Spirit, you will be able to see visions. When agendas and prejudices give way to love and true compassion, so we see God in people who might once have been invisible to us. And the seraph, the messenger of God, touches us with the deepest realisation of who with deep spiritual insight we are, the good, the bad, the ugly. But he shows us wonderfully through the broken body and the resurrection of Christ who we can become. No one is exempt from that. Therefore, no one is exempt from that divine vision. Go deeper, my friends, and see more. I urge you to take time to see the God who has redeemed you keep your eyes open, perceive God's vision for you, there will be many and your response will be to worship the one true living God. Amen. Amen.